Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course. But if you are one, it's definitely the place for you, especially today, because three of our favorite film critics are here to reveal their top ten films of 2017. And, by the way, they're doing that the week before the... um, Academy announces their top films next Tuesday, and we're so happy that Diana Sanger, James Colt Harrison, and Richard Jack Smith have agreed to join us, and we'll hear from our guests as soon as Nikki Starr, our helpful producer, gives us the go-ahead. Nikki, I seem to be having a little problem setting up the, the chat. Um, have you been able to see if the if the chat is operating today? I, I actually can't get it set up either, but I'm going to keep trying. So if you guys just keep trying and refreshing, it'll it'll pop up when it comes in. Sometimes it's a little a few minutes late, but I am so happy that you are back, and so happy to have everyone here, and very excited for the show. We have missed you very much. Oh, thank you, Nikki. I I just feel uh, so glad that you're with us and uh, um, I missed everybody and I'm very very glad to to be here and we we are also very happy uh, to have our listeners and our chatters so I hope that uh, we will be able to to get the chat uh, going but um, I see that our three guests are ready and waiting so let's bring them on now ladies first as usual Diana welcome back to movie addict headquarters I just fit in this chair really easy again. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You do fit in the chair. So happy to be back with such wonderful people. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, it's it's just great to have you with us again. And the same goes for your uh, La Jolla, uh, your San Diego colleague, James Colt Harrison. James, are you ready to talk about the best films of 2017? Well, actually, where am I? I don't know where I am. What show is this? (laughs) <laughs> this is Movie Addict Headquarters. Oh, that you are. One. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're in the right place. You're definitely in the right oh. place. It's so much fun. It's really okay, so well, much I more fun my, I... when <laughs> when you're <Yeah>. here. <laughs> and and you know, it's also a treat to hear from our uh, next guest, who's calling all the way from Wales, where it's 9 p.m which is past my bedtime. <laughs> Richard, <laughs> thanks for staying up to be on Movie Attic Headquarters. <laughs> I don't go to bed quite that early. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> well, we're very 
happy that you that you could join us. And well, My let's pleasure. get down to business now. We've we've got a lot of movies to talk about, and so we'll start with uh, Diana. Which 2017 movies made it to your top ten list? And then we'll ask James, and then we'll ask uh, Richard. And uh, I, I think we might have time for for me to chime in, and, and maybe Nikki has some ideas on that, too. So I'm going to be tallying here to see how how many movies that we agree upon. So, Diana, you start with giving us your list, your top ten list, and, and maybe one or two sentences about uh, why uh, each film made it to your list. I'm trying to find my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, here, use mine. I just looked at it a few minutes ago. <laughs> uh, Would you like us to go to James? <laughs> yeah, go to James. Oh, okay. yeah, put it on James. me. <laughs> yes, all right. All right, all right. James, all how right, about well, your top ten? My top ten. Okay, uh, number one, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, mm. Three Billboards. The Post. I, Tanya, Disaster Artist, Victoria and Abdul, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Molly's Game, and All the Money in the World. That's my what top great, ten list. What a great list that is. Uh, now, um, you know, just to, for our listeners, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have an idea why on each of these films, uh, you've selected them because I've seen most of them. Um, why is Call Me By Your Name uh, number one? What was it about that film? Well, it's a beautifully crafted film. It's uh, just uh, the sweetest love story you could imagine. Whether you're gay or straight, uh, you can remember your first love. I'm sure all of us had a first love sometime or another. And it's always a person you never really forget. And I think this is a, a sweet story of a young young boy who is just awakening to his sexuality and and to the uh, his heartbeat. And uh, it just uh, it's a very touching film. And 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 the director, uh, an Italian named Luca Guadagnino. Uh, directed it uh, in Italy itself, and you can actually feel the summer heat by the way it's photographed by a wonderful cinematographer named Siambu Mukdipram. I think that's mm-hmm. Thai, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you know, that film is really getting a lot of um, uh, good good reviews, and um, I, I have that's one that I haven't seen, and uh, because it hasn't shown up in our area, and I didn't get a screener, so as soon as I can see that, I, I want to do that. That's very high on my list. And three billboards, that one we're hearing a lot about. Uh, why did that make it to your list? Oh well, I just love Frances McDormand. <laughs> Her character yeah. is very a very strong. Yet, but yet funny woman. The movie is actually funny, although it's about a serious subject, about the murder of her daughter, and she wonders why the sheriff hasn't found the murderer. 
So she takes out these three billboards asking the question, why haven't you done anything about this? But she's a very tough woman, strong, funny, wonderful. Frances McDormand is one of our greatest actresses, I think. Uh, Just look at her Fargo show and you'll see why. So that's why I like that one. What a performance she gives in that, too. I did enjoy that very much. And your number three is The Post, and we're hearing a lot about that since it was just released nationwide. Yes, Um, The Post. Why why did that appeal to you? Well, it appealed to me because uh, I lived through that uh, period, even though I was just a baby at the time. But I remember my mother telling me about it, and uh, it's very historically significant about the Pentagon Papers being published in the Washington Post, yet first by the New York Times. Mm -hmm. The two papers were uh, doing the story at the same time. And Meryl Streep plays Kay Graham, another strong woman, which I'm so happy to see now in movies, strong women and intelligent Mm -hmm. women. You know, that's great. And we go to your number four. There's another... A strong woman, um, maybe not making <laughs> yes. the, the best decisions, but uh, I, Tanya, <laughs> what, what did you like about that? Yes, I, Tanya, well, Margot Robbie, again, is a strong woman playing <laughs> Tanya Harding, who is, uh, well, the, the jury is out on Tanya, whether she has one oar in the water or not, but mm-hmm. uh, she was an interesting story about her skating and she was definitely a great skater no doubt about that but she just sort of ran into a lot of trouble along the way and Margot Robbie uh, they say she did a lot of her own skating that would be a miracle because that's very difficult to do but the story is very interesting and funny and uh, Allison Janney uh, gets my Oscar for Best Supporting Actress as Tanya Harding's mother she's a real character that one I and think Allison you're right does about a terrific, that. Yeah, yeah, she does a terrific job. So, and what about Disaster Artist? I did see this one. Well, yes, yeah, I you loved did. it. <laughs> well, it's but one why? of the goofiest movies you? of the year. <laughs> yeah, goofy. I liked it because right. it was it, it was goofy, but it was very imaginative. And uh, James Franco gave, I thought, a superb performance, especially. The accent he came up with playing Tommy Wiseau. I'm I'm not sure if Wiseau has an accent like that, but this was a uh, a new one on me. But uh, I loved it. It was very funny and serious at the same time, and a cur a curious curious movie, goofy and very entertaining. Yes, and then and Victor and uh, Victoria and Abdul. I like well, that one. I I like uh, Judy Dench. She could just stand there in front of the camera, and she deserves to get an Oscar. But I love her, and I liked the new fellow who was in it with her, who's a, an Indian actor. He was very good at it. And it's an interesting t- story about Queen Victoria. And apparently it's actually a true story. I'm sure they massaged it a little bit to make it more palatable to the, today's audiences, but uh, essentially mm-hmm. it's a true story. Yes, and uh, Judy Dench is always so wa- watchable. And D- Darkest Hour, 
we're hearing a lot about that because Gary Oldman is, you know, really picking up the awards. Is that the reason you like The Darkest Hour? Oh, absolutely. I thought Gary Oldman was phenomenal. He just, to me, he became Churchill because, you know, you you see all those old newsreels of Churchill, and, and uh-huh. Gary Oldman really picked up the essence of, the, of that man. Uh, it was a uh, yes. interesting story because it was all about World War II, but um, people today should watch it and learn something. Phenomenal. Absolutely. And then you have another historical story then that – that uh, is on your list, Dunkirk. Dunkirk is really about the same time period as uh, Darkest Hour because Churchill was working on trying to get the troops back from uh, France as well as in Dunkirk, which is the main story about Dunkirk. And, uh, again, historical, interesting, amazing. Uh, For young people today who don't know anything about that, I think it's, well-deserving to go see it and learn something about history instead of in a dusty old history book. It's much more palatable on screen. Plus, which their idol, Harry Styles, is in it, a young singer. Yes, he is. (laughs) That was my drawing. That was what drew me to Dunkirk. Oh, yes. And and, um, Molly's Game is another strong woman. Well, it seems I have all strong women on my list <laughs> this year. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, I, you know, I, I love, uh, I love intelligent women. You know, why not? That was both uh, poker. I mean, I, I learned a little bit about poker on that. And then you have all the money in the world. So, uh, why did you like all the money in the world? I haven't seen well, that again, one. Well, it, again, it, it, it was a story that I knew. Uh, from the newspapers growing up, and uh, it just fascinated me. Uh, and I'd all, always been fascinated by J. Paul Getty and his riches and his family. And then when this story happened, it was a sensation all over the world. It, it was in the newspaper every single day. It was uh, There wasn't as much television then like the news is today, 24 hours a day, but... Uh, Young uh, Getty was kidnapped and uh, held for ransom, $17 million, and the old man said he wasn't going to pay it. So that's that's the essence of the story. But uh, it's very, very interesting. And we have another strong woman in this movie, Michelle Williams, who plays uh, young Getty's mother. And she actually negotiated with the thugs who uh, kidnapped her son. So and she's, she's such a great actor. She's, she's such a, a great, great actress, actress. Well, let's give um, let's give Diana more time to find her list and go to Richard. Richard, what are your top ten films? And num- tell us, you know, in a couple of sentences, why you why you put them on your list. At uh, number ten, I just saw this film a few days ago. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, an absolute gem. Oh. Don't normally like um, Martin McDonagh's films. In Bruges, particularly, was uh, not one I yeah. enjoyed. But this had the wit, great performances, an absolute surprise. That was my number 10 pick. Number 9, Darkest Hour, which I, again, only saw yesterday. Uh, just got four words on this. Best actor, Gary Oldman. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's going to win the Oscar. <laughs> I know I, the Oscar nominations don't come out yet, but it's, 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 he's just a lock for that category. Uh, number eight, 
The Great Wall. I really enjoyed this movie. It didn't get great reviews, but um, I liked the look, the the action sequences, and uh, Ramin Javadi's music uh, definitely set the pulse racing. Number seven. I feel the same way you did about that. The look of it was just fabulous. Yes, very, 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 very much so. Number seven, Geostorm, my favorite disaster flick of 2017. Uh, just astonishing visual effects. Uh, I enjoyed it just as much as uh, films like Volcano, 2012, even San Andreas. Oh. Uh, so Geostorm was uh, definitely one I'm going to get on Blu-ray, I think. Uh, number six, <laughs> Life, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Rebecca Ferguson. Basically, it was last year's Alien, more so than Ridley Scott's uh, retread, Alien Covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, but a nice little nod to the Twilight Zone as well, which was uh, uh, a surprise. Number five, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which was one of the big box office flops of last year. But I went to the <laughs> cinema twice to see I couldn't get enough. I loved this movie. Again, <laughs> the... The, the whole story, cinematography, even Dane DeHaan and all the actors in it, including Ethan Hawke. Just just a lot of fun, that one. Number four, I drum roll. I think Joe's, Joe's going to know this one. Cake, a love story. Um, <laughs> just, if I was put on a desert island, this is definitely one of the films that I would want to have to watch over and over again. An absolute delight. Superb acting from Deborah Law Cook and Richard Vernon and really shows what Misha Zubrev... I do apologise, I got that surname wrong. Misha Zubrev can do in terms of his artistry and creativity. Just a joy to watch. Oh, how how sweet it is to have Cake a Love Story on a top ten list. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> My pleasure. Your number, uh, number th- I'm too close. I'm too close to that, so I don't want to say any more. <laughs> and, <laughs> and your third? War for the Planet of the Apes. Again, phenomenal hey. work from uh, Andy Serkis. There is kind of um, a thing against, with the Academy, this is a thing against actors in a motion capture suit being nominated for an acting award. It's seen as more of a visual effects achievement, even though he's the heart and soul of all three movies. But this was really my favorite of the trilogy. Uh, Deserves a lot of awards. I think it is doing quite well with best visual effects with all the guilds and uh, different critic societies that uh, have happened so far. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. um, number two is it. Uh, my favourite horror film of last year. And if I may be allowed, uh, a very short poem I would like to read on this. And here it is: From the sewer, Pennywise came. Many young lives, not the same. For Georgie, it was losing the boat and being told he could float. Where does this clown dwell? Perhaps a nearby well. Beverly heard sounds from her sink. Could that be where demons drink? What gives you the most fright? Pictures of spies or snakes? They don't bite. Often a look can prove haunting. Despite their youth, it's not haunting. A 10 out of 10 safely bun? For 
for me, it was a lot of fun. So that was my number two pick, it. <laughs> and we come now to my number one pick. I I, I gave this a lot of thought. I, I back and forth with different films, and I finally settled upon John Wick Chapter Two. This is probably the first um, Keanu Reeves film I've chosen for my top number one spot of the year since I would say Speed 1984. I'm a movie addict when it comes to action films, anyway. But this was. It ticked all the boxes and then some uh, brilliant editing from Ed and Evan Schiff uh, just set the bar even higher in terms of genre filmmaking. Again, just a joy to watch. So that's my top ten. What an interesting list. I mean, such uh, such diverse <laughs> films. And uh, I do want to see that Valerian movie. And yeah, I, I do recommend live. that one. Either so, but uh, I'm with you all the way with that war for Planet of the Apes. Now, Diana, did you find your your list? I did. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> but you right have now. <laughs> okay. So it's totally different than everyone's, of course. <laughs> yes, Nat. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, Go my ahead. um, at the top I have Detroit. And Detroit was um, the actual historical way that the um, riots began, because they began in Detroit. Then they went to New Jersey, where I was at when they were there, and actually became part of that in a small way. And as I'm sitting up in Hollywood watching this film, I didn't even realize what it was about until it started, and I literally, like, froze in my seat. I mean, the fear of what happened to me back in Newark, just mm. like it was happening again. Um, and what happened was we were told by martial arts people to stay inbound, you know, go out in the street. Well, I had an Avon um, area at a some black lady's bar, uh, barbershop, and I needed some money for my kids for food. So I took my little bag and walked down there, and they were out riding soul women on the, on the windows and I gave them their stuff. They gave me the money. I turned around to leave, and a Cadillac picked up, and two African-American guys, one driver and one the other side, got out. They came, picked up an arm, and was going to throw me in the back seat until the girls came oh. out and yelled and said, leave her alone. She's our friend. So they dropped me on the street, and I ran home. <laughs> but this movie is so incredible because it had a cast of Oh, I'm I'm thinking maybe 12, 15, 18 young African American guys are in this, and they're every one of them is just astonishing. And um, you know, there was it started off with you know what Detroit's known for, you know Motown and and the bands and um, Larry and Fred Temple who worked with the um, had a you know big band, and um, so it, it's uh, about what happens when. Um, a white police officer um, decides that he's going to just harass these black people till they die, basically. But the amazing thing about this film is um, uh, Karen Bigelow, who, you know, is award-winning from her film The Hunt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, um, 
is an incredible and, and unique director. And so when I was interviewing these guys, you know, I first asked them, I said, well, what did you think when you got the script? And they said, we didn't get a script. I said, what? Yeah, we didn't get a script. And so as I went from room to room, I, find, I kept asking the same question. And finally I said, well, you never had a script? No. And I said, well, how, how did you know what to say? And they said, well, that's what we ask her. And she said, you know the true story. When the cameras roll, you start acting. And that was it. Hmm. For them, they did not have an, a, a director saying, you know, we'll do this. No, that didn't work. Nothing. Whatever they did was what was in that film. And it was wow. astonishing. Wow. Just astonishing. Well, no wonder you, you have that on you, have that on your list. Hmm. And then second was The Last Jedi. I haven't seen this yet, so... What was so great about that? It was so exciting because, you know, I've sat through these for years, and I'm going, well, oh, what's that guy? Oh, he's gone. What does that guy do? You know, It was just so much action and so much different people and trying to keep up with them that, you know, you'd sit through it and kind of go, oh, okay. Um, of course, I, I did was invo- I was invited to Lucas' Skywalker Ranch one year, and um, – when they were filming some of this stuff. And, of course, that then got me a little bit more excited about what was really happening and, you know, how how fabulous these films are and how many people we have so many fans that watch them. But in The Last Jedi, everything was on that screen. You knew what was happening. You knew who was who. I mean, it wasn't, like, fast just going so fast you didn't even see things. Everything was plotted out beautiful cinematography and you just understood it and you you could feel for this person or that person no matter whether it was a bad feeling or a good feeling you were emotionally involved and the best part of it of course was seeing Carrie Fisher in her last role and um, I think that part Uh and her little part that's in there that I won't spoil um, was just really touching well, I, that one I definitely have to have to see uh, after hearing you talk about it. And your third um, movie, I'm so glad you have this on your list. So <laughs> we're the only two in the United States, Betty Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell the people, tell the listeners the why you have num- number three and, and why it's so great. <laughs> well. I wasn't expecting much, you know, when I went to it. I said, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to find out what happened to the circus because, you know, we used to go to the circus, right? Especially when you're traveling around the world like, you know, my dad is a military person. We're always a circus here, circus there. Um, So, you know, it started out kind of mediocre, but, um, of course, yours and my favorite, one of our favorites, Hugh Jackman, (laughs) is the star, S.P.C. Barnum. And um, so he he meets this young lady that he likes and um, wants to marry, and her family's well off, you know, and he's just kind of still hanging on to the circus, and it's not doing too good because he's just using um, weird people, you know. And I can remember my dad taking me, and I can see that man with the the beard and the lady that did, oh, just creatures. They were crazy. <laughs> But um, eventually he gets a partner who tells him, no, you're doing the wrong thing. You need to, you know, bring in animals and have action and all this kind of stuff, which they do. And it just becomes this fantastic. Um, 
I actually call it La La Land for Adults. Because okay. <laughs> the, because the, I, uh, I, I will say more when we get to my my list. So <laughs> let's go to Lady Bird. Okay, <laughs> Lady Bird. Bird on your list. Um, I I I quite didn't quite at the very beginning think you know well where's this going? Um, but within I don't know ten minutes you're just wrapped up to it because this girl is performing this role so incredible that you actually, again, you're feeling her emotions and what's happening. And um, I think it was just one of those that, you know, you couldn't go get popcorn. You had to stay there for the whole thing. And uh, luckily it's getting a lot of a lot of. Uh, it is. Stuff, I, so I think it'll be, it'll, it'll be uh, talked about at the, at the Oscars. And then Breathe, I, I did see that one too. I saw Lady Bird and Breathe. And uh, I thought you probably would like Breathe. Yeah, Breathe is a, a biographical drama, drama that you know is is a true story, and um, it's, it's, when I saw that it was directed by Andy Serkis, I thought, what? He's he's the ape guy. <laughs> What's he doing in this film? <laughs> but, but he That's directed this, and yeah, and um, William Nicholson's in it, Claire Foy, Hugh Bonneville, Tom Hollander, and my favorite actor, Andrew Garfield. From Hawksaw Ridge, and he actually plays. It was a lovely. Um, it was, it was lovely. It was lovely. And the first, uh, this, the next one that you have, the star. That was a uh, an animated movie, right? Yes, it was um, an animated Christian movie for kids. And when I first mm-hmm. started watching it, I couldn't believe the animation. It was absolutely stunning, and um, but it's a funny film about. Um, you know, the the angel comes and tells Mary she's pregnant, and Mary goes, no, I'm not. And there's these animals that are funny and animals that are fighting each other and donkeys and goats, and it's beautiful music throughout the whole thing. And it's um, about these animals escorting Mary and Jesus safely to Bethlehem to pay their taxes. But it's really adorable. Well, I have to, I have to see that one. That's one that I haven't seen. But I have have seen your number seven that you that you sent, the Glass Castle with Woody Harrelson, and um, that one made quite an impression on me. T- me too. Is his performance why you have him on have this on your list? That and mainly because in 2005 I was at a National Federation of Press Women conference in New York City, and um, and the. Author Jeanette, she was our keynote speaker, and this was her life story. And she told us this, and we all got the books. And I read the book and didn't think anything about it until all of a sudden this movie came out. I said, "Oh my gosh, this is the movie!" But yeah, it's it's Woody that carries this whole movie. I mean, he's he's just mm-hmm. way out and, there. And then you and and then you have uh, Victor, Victoria, and Abdul. So we've we've already heard about that. And you also have the Post. But one that no one has talked about, yes, is uh, Wonder, your number nine. So why Wonder's is a that? Great, uh, uh, it's a great film about um, a little boy who has this disease on his face, and he's you know getting bullied, and this is a time when we're going through all of this. So it's a very special film um, for parents and kids, and um, just to see that you know you can get through anything, and you can even become heroic. And so it's it's very much kind of a, a film like that. Well, that is this a great, 
list. In fact, I'm I, I'm really loving all all three of these lists, and I'm gonna. Our time is really really going by, <laughs> so I'm just gonna quickly go through mine. Number one is the magic of water. The reason I have that on there, I think it's the most hauntingly beautiful scene, uh, movie that I've ever seen, and the performance of Sally Hawkins, who uh, just stole my heart with this performance as a mute cleaning lady who tries to save save the life of this uh, Aquaman uh, who's in danger. And I, I don't want to say any more. I mean, I know it's pretty weird, but it is just a gorgeous film. And you've got romance, you've got suspense, you've got Cold War, you've got uh, about everything. Uh, Del Toro, I think, just put everything, even the kitchen sink, in <laughs> the shape of water. <laughs> Number two, Beauty and the Beast. I, I love that because it's a musical, and I thought that the the new song they wrote, Evermore, was, I mean, it's just stayed in my mind, and uh, I don't know why it isn't receiving uh, some uh, original song nominations. I hope that the Oscars will will do it justice. Number three is The Greatest Showman. Hugh Jackman in a musical, yeah. come on. <laughs> what else could you want? I just loved it. I loved it. Number four, Maudie, again, with Sally Hawkins as this uh, Canadian folk artist uh, who has a, a physical handicap. And she absolutely be- becomes a, a famous artist despite all of the uh, – Lack of support that she had by the people around very her. Very good. I, uh, I I don't know whether I would I would uh, I can't understand why they wouldn't give give Sally Hawkins uh, a nomination for both of these films, but uh, that's not in. I mean, there's there's a law against that or a regulation against that. Number five <laughs> is War of the Planet for the Planet of the Apes, and I think that uh, Richard has said everything that needs to be said about that and number six is our souls at night just a beautiful romance for grown-ups and robert redford and um jane fonda were marvelous in it you absolutely forgot that they were robert redford and jane fonda and then number seven this was not on my original list but i thought about this movie and uh, i just keep thinking about this movie and it, so here it goes on the list, Get Out. And the reason is it's the one that most reminded me of the work of uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And also it did such a, a great job of uh, showcasing the horrors of uh, racism. Number eight is uh, What Happened to Monday. It's an absolutely spellbinding sci-fi movie with uh, – Nomi Rapace playing seven parts and just doing the greatest job you could ever want for an actress in that movie. And then number nine is Wind River. I love a movie that gives me a sense of place, and that particular movie did it for me. I felt the cold. I wanted to just bundle myself up completely in this crime drama because – when 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 these two were investigating a, a murder on an uh, American Indian reservation, they were doing this in snowy Wyoming, 
and every scene was just so chilly. And uh, the two uh, investigators, Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, were so realistic in this particular movie. And my last one is The Big Sick. This is based on a true story, and it was the most charming romantic comedy of the year about a woman who uh, goes into a coma uh, right after she breaks up with her boyfriend, and then the boyfriend, com- played played by Kumail Nanjiani, has to meet with the parents to tell them that she's in a coma, and the scenes between the boyfriend and 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 the girl's parents, who are played by Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, are just absolutely uh, uh, just so delightful. So that's that's my ten. And Nikki. What what movies uh, did you like particularly in 2017? Uh-oh. Let's see. We might I'm have so some difficulty. There you are. Am I there? Yes, now you're on. What yes. movies okay, did you like? Okay, so my favorite was Planet of the Apes, because you know me and how I am. It was the best. Yes. I loved everything about it. And then, is it Sick Love? Is that what it's called? Which one? The Sick Love? You know, the one that you were just talking about. Oh, the, the, um, the, big, the Big Sick. Yeah, The Big, the big sick. sick. Oh, my goodness. So I just saw that movie about three weeks ago. The whole dynamic of their culture difference is what drew me in. So even though the movie, like, he's he breaks up with her because, well, she kind of breaks up with him because he's a different culture, and then they're never going to be able to get married, and... The scenes in it when he's talking about, like, just, it's just so funny. They're at the restaurant, and he's talking about American girls, and then, you know, he looks around, and he's like, oh, I love Americans. You know what I mean? Like, it's very. Oh, um, you were, you're, you're right on target with the, with those. And, it's um, just so good. So you, you see, you see we have so many movies. I mean, there were so many to choose from. And uh, the ones that have been mentioned by more than one, Darkest Hour, The Greatest Showman, The Post, Victoria and Abdul, Three Billboards Outside of uh, Billings, Missouri, War for the Planet of the Apes, and now with uh, Nikki chiming in, the, uh, the Big Sick. So I think we just have time for each of you to tell the film that most disappointed you this year. Diana? Oh, I'll tell you that one. <laughs> okay. Mother. 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 Okay, and James, which one disappointed? And, and which one disappointed you, James? Well, I have to agree with Diana. I thought Mother was the most hideous movie ever made. Well, Horrible. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go along with you, ex- except for the first part of it was uh, was uh, very very well done. But I don't recommend Mother for people with, um, well, in fact, I don't think anybody should see the last half hour. So that's about all I want to say about Mother. Mother Larry thinks it's the greatest in home invasion movie that was ever made. So uh, he, would, he, would not, he would not agree with us on this. And Richard, what was the movie that most disappointed you? Alien Covenant, an insult to alien fans, and I nominated oh. the worst film of the decade. <laughs> I didn't see that. I'm so glad I didn't. I didn't see that. Well, this has been this has been great. I mean, the the number of movies that we've covered. So, dear listeners, I hope that you uh, have uh, heard 
about some of the movies that uh, you you haven't seen and that you get a chance to to see them and then we'll be watching for the Oscars next uh Tuesday to see uh what movies are are nominated and what actors and actresses and technical um uh, work is uh, recognized but sorry to say our team our time is almost up here's a big shout out to Richard and Diana and James um, they are such terrific guests, and I'm glad that they could be with us. Uh, Richard has his own um, site called Hypnotic Movie Reviews, and Diana is the uh, has Classic Movie Guide and Review Express. And James has uh, he's he's now one of our uh, Real Talk Reviews contributors. I'm so happy to say, and. Uh, in fact, all three, yes, all three of the guests today contribute to Real Talk Movie Reviews, and uh, thank you for the wonderful contributions that you that you give to us. Uh, special thanks to and Nikki Starr for her help. And your voice lasted and sounded help. great. <laughs> <laughs> so, and thanks to Nancy Lombardo, George Bettinger, Angela Drake Perry, and the Wacko Network hosts for their enthusiastic support for Movie Attic Headquarters on their wonderful radio shows. Nancy is the host, hilarious host, of What's the Buzz on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday morning at 10.30 Eastern Time. George hosts the very entertaining Mom and Pop Shop show on TuneIn Radio from Miramar, Florida, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. The Wacko Network offers something for everyone in its diverse programs. And Angela is uh, a VIP over at Fallen Angel Productions. Please come back next time, folks. Our, for our next live show will be something very special. It's scheduled for Sunday, February 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and our guests will be the director and cast members of Take a Love Story, which Richard uh, mentioned, the award-winning short film based on It Had to Be Us, the romantic memoir my husband and I wrote under the pen names of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. I hope everyone enjoyed today's show as much as I did. Let's close our episode with my favorite rendition of, you guessed it, Hooray for Hollywood.
Get me down. 